G'day, uh, welcome to Lunch Money, uh, your online and social media home for special situations, workouts and capital raising professionals. Um, my name is Dick Samios. I am your Lunch Money host and I'm the fund manager and uh, director here at Hermes Capital. We have a special guest today. We just had some IT problems and we're just trying to get him back. So he's logged out and logged back in again. But uh, hopefully we'll have him back shortly. I'm going to soldier on regardless. Um, I'm wondering uh, whether or not you have been finding yourself uh, yelling BS at the television a lot more lately than you uh, have done in the past. Um, and I think that that's, uh, I guess, everything that's going on at the moment, you know, we're feeling more and more... Uh, more and more powerless, you know, with the decisions that are being made. There's a data overload. We don't understand why things are happening necessarily. Um, and this does create a lot of uncertainty. Um, now, I uh, stumbled across uh, a nice new term. Uh, it's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. And the Dunning-Kruger effect is a type of cognitive bias that causes people to overestimate their knowledge or ability, particularly in areas where they have little or no experience. Does that sound familiar to you? Um, I'll show you what that looks like on a chart, this Dunning-Kruger effect. Um, you know, we're all, we're all suddenly experts on Pfizer and vaccines and COVID and, um, you know, what, what, what works and doesn't work and who's in the right and who's in the wrong. We're all experts about this. But if truth be known, our knowledge is very much on the left-hand side of that curve. I mean, how much do we really know? None of us are epidemiologists, uh, but we do have a hell of a lot of conviction when we make these statements. Um, you know, ditto, you know, this week we, we, we've had the debacle in Afghanistan. Um, and now all of a sudden we're all experts on military logistics, uh, you know, Middle Eastern strategy, uh, you know, uh, special, special services and soldiering and all that sort of stuff. But in reality, um, so there's a lot of stuff that's going on in our world, you know, th these things that are happening internationally, the stuff that's happening with the, the pandemic. And we do have this information overload. We're not sure what's true. We're developing a distrust of, of information sources and a distrust of our leaders. Uh, that's making us a little bit angry in some in some cases because, because we are uh, feeling as though we're, we're losing control. Um, and so we're surrounded in this complex world, uh, lots of uncertainty. How do we deal with that? Well, today I have our special guest, and that is Bernard Desmond. Uh, Bernard is an accomplished facilitator, coach, trainer, speaker, and author of Inside Out Leadership. To our, there you go. G'day, Bernard. How are you? Nick, well, thank you. And you? Very well indeed. Now, I was saying to Bernard a bit earlier that uh, the reason I, I had him on, he was on uh, our live stream last year, you may recall, and he was certainly very interesting back then. And I've invited him back because his area of expertise is, 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 as, a, as a coach, he coaches CEOs and executives, and his, his expertise happens to be dealing in uncertainty. And uh, so the world has kind of uh, uh, migrated into its ballywick, I think it's fair to say, with the goings on of the past 18, 24 months. Um, so, Bernard, before we get into our, our subject matter today, tell me, what, what is it that's, uh, that's crossing your desk lately? And what, uh, what are your clients most concerned about when you speak with them? Mm. Yeah, I love, love that, uh, that intro, Nick. Um, it is a, it is a um, dare I say, a, a, a gloomy reality. But, um, I, you know, the theme, the recurring theme and, and with the executive teams I predominantly work with is 
this this reality now you know teaming together apart now mean the same thing and you know how how do we coordinate action together how do we maintain the quality of working relationships but you know i was i was with a, a ceo the, the, this morning in a in a coaching session and and there're three recurring concerns and that is this heightened level of of anxiety um and and, and the sort of three f's as i call them fatigue and and this is more around emotional fatigue rather than physical fatigue heightened levels of frustration uh, this lockdown round 2 is a very different beast and there's a more concerning reality that's creeping in and it's what i refer to as the mood of futility this increasing sense of helplessness and hopelessness nothing i can do matters and is going to change this and i render myself in that mood of resignation and futility i don't see what's possible and this is a debilitating mood when it creeps into into organizations through teams through leaders well yeah. that's interesting and we 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 spoke in in the run up to this i i was saying to you that i think that a lot of people almost they want permission to fail and i think that what you and i are going to do today hopefully is give them permission to win if i can be as cliched as all of that but just drilling down a little bit further on what you were just saying we do have a graphic of locus of control which i i stole from the internet um i don't know where i where i i i knocked this off from but this is kind of what pops into my mind when I hear you talking about uh, particularly frustration and futility, it, yeah. um, you know, is that, yeah. is that, am I on the right track there? Yeah, totally, totally. And this is just a wonderful distinction, Nick. I mean, Stephen Covey's work, he talks about the circle of concern and the circle of influence. Wonderful, wonderful. And, and I, I guess in, in times of uncertainty and, you know, my my invitation we'll come back to this theme is the, the sooner we give ourselves permission to accept the normality of uncertainty we we access a world of possibility and and living in the circle of concern means that i don't see what's possible i'm preoccupied with what i cannot control and predict so so and it's it's normal at times like this, you know. Uncertainty is normal, and 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 it, the only certainty is uncertainty. And and when we accept that, when we accept that, we allow ourselves to engage in our circle of influence. What and by that I mean we come from a mood of what's possible, and that's not not being you know naive or or in denial about the challenges. It, 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 it means that I'm giving myself permission to accept what I, what, 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 what I cannot control and predict. When I accept what I cannot control and predict, it, it opens me up to a mood of curiosity. And in my mood of curiosity, my, my circle of influence expands. I see new possibilities. Because I, I guess what Covey gets at is that he, mm. he's saying that there's a small, you know, we start off with this small circle of things that we believe that we can control. And yep. then there's this larger circle of things we feel like we can't control. And the mission in life, of course, is to try and expand that inner circle 
So there's more things we've got control about. But what's interesting from what you're saying is that there is that we're, we're never going to get to the outer rim of the, the big circle is always going to be there. And you're saying that what we need to do is to embrace that and turn that into curiosity. Like we'll become curious about it. Absolutely. If, if we think about this, you know, when I do not accept what I cannot control and predict, it elicits in me a mood of anxiety. I'm preoccupied with believing I'm going to come to harm and not be able to deal with what I cannot control and predict. When, when I accept what I cannot control and predict, I then open myself up to move into a world, into a mood of wonder and curiosity. And this is so critical in times of uncertainty. Well, now tell me, we, yeah, go on, sorry, sorry. No, no, you know, we always have choice. And now, and, yeah, sorry, I interrupted you again. No, yeah. no, 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 no yeah. you, you. I, I do want to know whose head that is you have behind you. That you've got a little, what's Nick, that statue this, behind you? Yeah. This this could take up the whole time we have together. Th no, no, this, is okay. a, this is a most fascinating story. Yep. My beloved mother, who is no longer with us, um, 50 years ago, bought, bought that statue and that bust. And I, I said to her, Mom, when you plop your clogs, she's mine. Right. And had no idea of who she is, who the artist was. The, the only thing my beloved and two children brought to Australia was that, was that bust. Wow. And Nick, cut another long story short, I was in my home office and um, my neighbor, who's an eccentric person, walked into my office and looked at that bust and said, that's Elizabeth. And I said, what, and she, you know, I said yeah, right, that's Elizabeth. <laughs> what, what do you mean that's Elizabeth? And she was also South African. She lived on a farm in the in, in the Free State, Bloemfontein. And she said, no, that Elizabeth worked on my farm. And the sculptor's Maureen Quinn, my sister-in-law. You're kidding. No Nick, way. No way. Nick, I refuse to believe it. Nick, all of that, all of that is true. Wow. And Maureen Quinn is a world famous sculptor she had she was commissioned by the university of sydney wow. to 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 prepare a busk of mandela nelson mandela wow wow well i tell you what i'm going to fold that back into our story because firstly that that is just proof positive that we live in a simulation but we'll move we'll leave that for another time um, <laughs> but you know i i do i do wonder whether or not having that artifact uh is a connection you know i, I guess you know to a relationship that you know, does this is this something that helps us to to navigate, you know, these crazy sorts of times? You know, where we we are all apart, you know, and and, and you know, I just wonder if we can somehow magically fold that into our topic here today. No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and she's never not looking over me. But, yeah, but yeah. I mean, if we if we think about this, if we think about it, if we if we distill this to its essence whether we're talking about leaders individually or leaders collectively as teams, we, we rise and fall based on the quality of our working relationships. Mm. And, and right now, 
right now. Uh, and this, this is a, a bigger subject. I stand on the shoulders of giants in this respect, one of which is Gloria Kelly, a preeminent sociologist um, who, who gave us the eight elements of effective relationships. And I've adapted this model, but it's absolutely essential that we look to these eight elements, particularly at times like this, we're teaming apart, our sense of belonging, our sense of identity has, has been severely challenged. The feelings of um, you know, loneliness and isolation um, are significant, significant. Well, look, let me, let me just pull you back to something before I sort of started that whole chain. You, you said about becoming curious in, um, you know, and, and, right. And let's, let's sort of bring that to a grounded, you know, like we are currently now, I didn't watch the Doom conference at 11 o'clock today. I've got to wean myself off that, you know, how many cases and how many deaths. You know, apparently today they've brought in new restrictions, certain suburbs and areas in New South Wales. We've got viewers all over the country. Uh, we've yeah. got listeners all over the world, just by the way. But um, yeah. we, we, you know, we're now, some, some areas are, there's going to be a curfew for heaven's sakes, right? Yeah. Um, now, you know, how do we become curious? You know, you put, just sort of bring that back to the workplace. Mm. You know, how, how do we become curious? Uh, no, be beautiful, beautiful question, uh, Nick. The, I just want to bring you back to the, the domains of human existence. Now, just bear with me on this. We, we exist in three domains. And the, the interdependence between these domains manifests in what I call, and we, we refer to as our way of being. And all... All we preoccupied with is living a fulfilled way of being. And these three domains we exist in is language, mood, and body. We, we never not in language. We, we, we think, we speak, we act, and we listen in language. Um, we never not in mood. If we think about this, we are never not. And I make a distinction between moods and emotions. Emotions are fleeting, but, but both are predispositions for behavior so everything we do or not do or everything we say is because of the mood we're in and there's there's six and i stand again on the shoulders of giants one of which uh, alan sealer my teacher um who who gave us the the six moods of life but like the three colors right and and life puts us in a mood we cannot control our mood we can only manage our mood there's a right. COVID mood. There's a COVID mood. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. What, what, what is possible? What is possible is when we observe the mood we're in may not be serving us. We we have we have the capacity to shift and manage our mood, and 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 again, I just want to come back to the, the, these two predominant moods. When, when we assess what we cannot control and predict, and I think it's, it's so important to, to, to understand this point, when, when I do not accept what I cannot control and predict, when I do not accept that, I right. open myself up to, to a mood of anxiety. When I do not accept what I cannot control and predict, 
when I when when I look to uncertainty as abnormal. Does right. that distinguish? When, when yeah, I'm, it's very interesting. I'm very interested about what you say because I know myself personally. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I know that there's some way of just flipping the switch on this. I haven't quite discovered it yet. Maybe I'm going to discover it with you here, that just flipping that outlook. And I, I even say to my, my kids, you know, uh, I've got two young adult boys. And I'm yeah. saying, you know what, we've got to find a way that when – well, I think I was saying to you the other day, you know, the um, – the uh, Manage Your Energy, Not Your Time, which is a great Harvard Business Review article, talks about the long lens. Uh, and the long lens is viewing your situation and saying, what will this, what will it look like now in the future? Like in, in 10 years' time, when we look back on this, what are we going to see that maybe we missed, you know, or what are we missing? And I just wonder whether or not that's a way of finding that, that way of flipping that. But just just reiterate what you said. So it, it's a matter of... of I mean, maybe this mood flipping thing is going from the anxiety. So just just reinstate that point. So, so if if we accept, and and again, one of the phenomenon of of humankind and human, we we never not in assessment. We we are always in assessment of ourselves and others. We always um, in in belief or in opinion making assumptions. And, and one of the categories of assumptions that we live in is what we cannot control and predict. And then there's a choice we come to. We either accept that or we do not accept that. We either accept what we cannot control and predict or we do not accept it. When we do not accept it, in other words, what I'm preoccupied in is believing that I have to be in control and be able to predict what's happening around me. And yep. when I do yep. not accept that, I, 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 I elicit in me a, a, a mood of anxiety. I'm preoccupied then in, 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 in believing I'm going to come to harm. I'm, I'm not going to be able to cope with, with, um, with all that's happening around me. When I right. accept, so when I accept what I cannot control and predict, it, it, it elicits in me. I cannot control and predict how long this COVID is going to go on for. I cannot control and predict for how long I'm not going to be with my clients face to face. Yeah. Now, I yeah. can sit yeah. here and thinking this is wrong. My business mm -hmm. is stuffed. I, this mm -hmm. is the mm -hmm. end of me. Or I can yep. say, hold it. I accept there's nothing I can do about that. Now, what may be possible? I accept I can do nothing about what I cannot control and predict about me being able to get onto a plane, to go to Melbourne, to be with clients. So when, when, when I accept what I cannot control and predict, I, I allow myself to move into a mood of curiosity that opens up to me a, a world of possibility. Right. Okay. I mean, that, that, is, that, is, that is very interesting, uh, the, the, the way that you put that. Yeah. You, you know, Nick, there, there are three questions I'm inviting everyone staying at the moment. And that is to say, what mood am I in? Yep. And, and don't, don't, don't judge yourself saying it's wrong for me to feel frustrated or angry, annoyed or no, no, no. Just observe it. Just observe it. Not, 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 don't come in judgment. What mood am I in? The second question is, how may this mood serve me? And the third question is, what mood would better serve me? Right, right, I, right, right. I'm right. never not in those three questions. And and well, I mean, 
Well, let me ask you, okay, so what mood am I in? How is that how, serving me? How does this mood serve me? You know, yeah, this yeah, mood yeah. of frustration, this mood of resignation, how is it serving yeah, yeah. me? Yeah. All right, well, look, yeah. I mean, so, so there's two things I want to get to. So one is we're talking about on a personal individual level here, and I want to sort of uh, see how this sort of um, then manifests itself in, you know, more productive teams that are disparate by by the fact that we're all working from home. Um, but it, it, it strikes me that, you know, one does need to have a level of self-awareness. I mean, it's, you know, one of the problems is, of course, I was thinking about this this morning and, you know, I was thinking about the difference, I think, between neurotic and psychotic. You know, neurotic people think that everything's wrong with them and psychotic people think there's nothing wrong with them, it's the rest of the world and that's why they've got to go on a killing spree. Um, but at least with a neurotic person, you can cure them because, or you can work on them because at least they recognise it's them. Um, yeah. But but it's, it's, you know, how if, you know, and I use those terms, you know, mm -hmm. sort of lightheartedly, but, you know, how do you, how do you know, how can you check in on yourself to make sure you've got the appropriate level of awareness? Yeah, there's, you know, I, 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 I wish I had the answer, Nick, is, is, is my response. I wish I had the answer. However, I've got a perspective on this. And, 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 and that is, you know, so much of our life at the moment, there, there's this, this mood we call hysterical industriousness. Hysterical and industriousness. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Yes. Okay, go on. Hysterical industriousness. Okay. And this is this mood of busyness. You know, you know, where, where I ask I ask um execs and you know, how are things going? Oh, just so busy, so busy, just so busy. And then then I ask, well, what what are you achieving? What are you achieving? Hmm. And 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 so often believe it or not that that second question is a lot harder to answer and well can i just can i just interject one from one moment there bernard i can yeah. i do have a very solid answer on how people uh, can be a lot more positive on that and that is uh, firstly by um asking us a question and having the possibility of winning this gorgeous uh, limited edition lunch money mug uh for anybody who asks <laughs> a question and it's got as you can see the calming that's a special blue that psychologists have tested around the world, uh, and it does have you uh, a calming influence and puts you in that place where you have a better level of self-awareness. So I just thought I'd, I'd tell you about that tool, Bernard. Now, I've, I've interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I mean, Nick, uh, if there are any questions from the audience, I think, you know, let's, yeah, please, I'm so happy to take them. And, and if uh, if they've got the, you know, the chat facility, you know, please, let's. Uh... They do have the chat facility. They're often very shy and very often they finally uh, summons up the courage after we've logged off. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how we go today. Anyway, so you, you, you so we were talking about this. Um, uh, you had a perspective on uh, gauging self-awareness and. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, you know, the the capacity we have to to be more mindful, to be more attentive, to be present. And, and I, you know, we and, and one doesn't have to be a masterful meditator at this. I think it's just giving oneself permission to to many times of the day just to stop and say, right, what's happening for me? What? Why am I? What? Why am I believing this? Why am I assuming this? Why am I feeling this? What's happening for me that I'm I'm feeling the way I am? And and we think about this. 
in that moment, there is only certainty. There is only certainty. And, and just stopping and giving ourselves a chance to observe and be mindful, be present. For what sake am I feeling the way I'm feeling? And for what sake am I believing? Am I assessing? Am I assuming what I am? And, and, and you know, what, what would be a, 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 a different mood? What, would, what might be a different assessment? that um, I could be I could be holding you know I, I was working with 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 an exec um, yesterday who has just been caught up in this this narrative that she's not adding value to nothing to no one right and that's the story and what she didn't realize is she's become her thoughts we we, we are not our thoughts we just have thoughts we're not our thoughts we, we're not our moods, you know. It's important. It's not that I'm angry. No, 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 no. How can yeah. I be angry? I'm in an angry mood. And and after the coaching, what she came, we, we came to, to, to a declaration. In other words, a statement of truth that she's giving herself permission to hold. And that is that I do add value in what I do. And I do add value to those I care about. And she was blind, blind in these times of uncertainty. She had become her narrative. I am not adding value to no one. Right. And so, so, so does that does does that become well, well? That's interesting because you said that there's three domains: language, mood, and body. And I suppose yeah. that uh, you're certainly talking about the, the the language domain there. What what um. Let's 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 get into then. Okay, that that's that's the individual. How do we how do we then look at this from a team perspective? You know, because we are managing uh, uh, we are managing in teams. Yeah, yeah. No, th this is this is. You can imagine how amplified this is when we bring these these perspectives about what it means to be human. When we when we look at these from a collective perspective, I think. Yeah. You know. One of the one of the distinctions, and and it is such an important distinction, this Nick. Um, and whenever I commence work with a with an executive leadership team, I, I often find they refer to themselves interchangeably as a group and, and as a team. And there's a huge, huge, and significant distinction between a group and a team. And and I want to put it to you now. No, now, you, you, we know, and as John Cotter said, you know, in, in every team, there's a group, but not every group's a team. Right. And, and you know, at, at these times now, you know, how are we teaming together and apart to be clear on the mandate we have as a team? Groups have no mandate. They determine their mandate. Teams, teams have a mandate they commission to by their stakeholders. So you've made that distinction between groups and teams. And mm. I was saying earlier, you know, we, we we do live in this world where, you know, we just don't know what to believe anymore. Like I say, you know, I, 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 I get the, the data dump in Sydney. I'm in Sydney and we get the data dump of all the hotspots. Well, it, you know, four weeks ago it was interesting to see... Um, <laughs> All right, listen, Peter Ellis. He wants to know if he gets a second mug. Are we going to award <laughs> Peter Ellis a second mug? I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you, Peter. 
I am going to get uh, these caps made up. So before, by the time, yeah, you'll, you'll get yourself a lunch money cap, okay? There you go. <laughs> uh, Peter's been on the show and, and fantastic. So I very much appreciate your input and your support. So, so you know, and, and you can't even keep track of the data anymore. Um, yeah. You can't even uh, keep, keep track of the data. But even then, because our leaders are, they're, they're, they're you know, you could criticise what they're doing, but they're doing this for the first time. I don't want to support them because if you if you could sit here when we're not live, I, I can assure you that I rubbish just about everybody all the time. Yeah. But um, but I just wonder whether or not this is undermining the confidence in leadership generally. So when you're talking about the difference between a team and a group, and I understand what you're saying is, you know, that team has a, a collective purpose that they're all buying into. I'm not sure if those are exactly your words, but that's, um, that's, that's, that's what you're saying. Um, uh, so how do we make sure that, you know, this mood of COVID, where I don't know if it's just me or if it's people generally, certainly the people I speak to have got this distrust of information and a, and a distrust and this feeling of disconnect. How do we make sure that's not translating? How do I make sure that my own team isn't distrusting me? You know, they can't, they're not sure what the Prime Minister and the Premier are saying. Is, it, yeah. is this sort of um, filter down to, to the, other, uh, the other leaders, you know, at the workplace level? Yeah, yeah no, ab absolutely. I, I want to come back to this perspective, Nick, and, and I'm inviting we believe this, hold this until, you know, as, as the truth, believe this is true. And that is that, that leaders and teams rise and fall on the quality of their working relationships. And, and right now, right now, you know, so if, if I may just, just share with you again, uh, the, 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 the distinctions I, I, I make and, and, and leverage the work of Gloria Kelly in this regard, that, these eight elements, these eight elements, see them as, as plates spinning on a, on a dial. They don't have to be spinning in the same velocity. But now more than ever before, ever before, when we're teaming together apart, the eight elements have to be in momentum. And, and, they are, and we know what they are. That they are trust, respect. And, and by respect, I mean not just the personal or the respect, the respect we afford each other's perspectives to each other's perspectives, irrespective of how similar or different they are to our own. The mood, what's the collective mood? And, and, and declaring a collective mood, the team is going to move collectively in. The, 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 the other element, which is so critical, is... Again, you know, part of our human phenomenon, if, if we think about this, we are never not in concern. We're never not in concern. We're never not thinking, speaking, listening, acting from what's important to us that could be going better. Right now, right now, critical that we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and share what our concerns are and thereby make it safe for others to share what their concerns are. Can I just stop you on that word? I just want to stop on that word share for a moment yes. and just remind people that one thing they must do is share, like, or subscribe to this live stream, uh, whether or not it's on uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, or, of course, LinkedIn. Um, you know, sh share it with your team and um, and uh, you'll have a lot less to be concerned about. Oh, sorry, I've interrupted you again there, Bernard, but I have to get my little, my little plugs in. No, fantastic. So... 
again, you know, the the so if we if we think about these eight elements, trust, respect, concerns, mood, appreciation, and, and I make a distinction here between recognition and appreciation right now. And and if we think about this, we, we recognize others for what they do, we appreciate them for who they are. Right. Right now, you know, to what extent do others feel appreciated by us? And and if if we think about those five elements, I'll come to the other three. Those five elements, trust, respect, concerns, mood, appreciation, all impact our what, what we refer to as our way of being together. Our way yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I guess because we are not in the office, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's... You know, it's mm. very. I imagine it could be very easy. You know, I've got a small team, um, mm. but it's. Yeah. I can imagine it's very easy to. You know, some, for members of the team to be neglected altogether because they're out of sight, out of mind. Um, Absolutely. Now, one, one thing that I insist on. I mean, we've got Microsoft Teams in our place, and I think it drives my staff a little bit crazy that I don't just yeah. ring them up, but I insist on seeing them. You know, um, yeah. you know, because yeah. I want to try and maintain. So I'm forever video calling them. I don't. I don't yeah. just call them. I video call them, yeah. um, because I do want to have that some level of connection as best as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just yeah. feel as though, you know, I don't, you know, I just think that it's bad for your psychology just to be either literally or, or metaphorically working in the dark. You know what I mean? No, so, and, and, you know, Nick, it, and these are simple things because they, they in our knowing, they, you know, nothing what I've shared now is not in our, our knowing. It's, it's in our, in this mood of hysterical industriousness, we're not stopping to access the, the depth of our knowing, you know, I was, I was with this exec team virtually, and we said, okay, round the table, we, we're going to take two minutes, and we're going to have it, each, each is going to have a turn on this, but for two minutes, every other team member is just going to share what they appreciate about Johnny, then move on to Mary, and, and just two minutes of appreciation, and, and never before have they expressed what they appreciate about each other. Never. Wow. And, you, you know, and you, you know, they had the good intentions. They, 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 they know clearly what they appreciate about, but, it, you know, appreciation is not an intention. It's an expression. Yeah, that's very, look, I mean, gee, we could go on to a whole bunch of deeper levels no, no. there uh, because there's a lot of yeah. stuff that we, that, that we think doesn't need saying and et cetera, et cetera. Oh, my. Oh my God! Let's let's not go there. You'll end up. I'll end up on the couch and staring at the ceiling and crying or something. But, but um, what I wanted to do because we are the clock's running down. Now, I, I think yes. you've got three more um, three more things three more of uh, Gloria Kelly's points to get to. Yes. So so if if we look at the the um, the five elements of relationships that that that. Um, represent our way of being together, trust, respect, moods, appreciation, concerns. Our way of doing together is the, the quality of our conversations, the extent to which we are aligned. And, and the, the eighth element is, is how are we coordinating action together? And, and, you know, right now, you know, I'm, I'm never failed to be amazed, Nick. You know, I ask execs, how much of their time is spent in conversation? And invariably, um, I get 
And then I ask, what percentage of those conversations are effective? And, and, and by effective conversation, I mean what is important be said is said, how it's said and how it's understood are aligned. And the outcome of the conversation is achieved, whether it's sharing, informing, deciding. They turn around and tell me, never, be, never before have I had more than, on average, 50% of our conversations are effective. Now, let's just work this out. If 80% of our time, let's assume a 50-hour week, 80% of our time is spending conversation and 50% are effective, we, we, we are, in effect, generating two days of waste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> these days, you know, as, as you can see, I'm a, a, a little bit of an older generation, the more grey hair than I care, I've care for. Uh, when I say, I, I have to be, I feel as though, particularly when I'm talking to the, you know, people in their 20s and what have you, that when I say conversation, I have to be very clear and say what I mean by that is you're on the phone or, you know, particularly when we're talking with, with people who aren't in the office, obviously, you're on the phone and conversation isn't a, isn't a chat or an email. That's not a conversation. You know, conversation is where we're speaking words and we're using our ears and all that sort of stuff. It's not. Nick, and, and here's the thing. If, 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 I, if I want to leave your listeners with one thing, in these times of uncertainty, and when we come, let, let's just, let me take a step back. When we talk about conversations, there are only two elements to a conversation. It is about advocating. It's dialogue. So a dialogue is advocating what I, what I believe, respecting my truth. It's not the truth advocating what I believe and inquiring into what the others believe or the other's perspective. And here's the thing. In times of uncertainty, and certainty, but more so uncertainty, always advocate as if you are right and always inquire as if you are wrong. Wow. Okay. I love that. I have, I have encountered that advocacy inquiry uh, thing you know in management school years ago I think there's a two by two matrix but that's that's very interesting what you say there about advocating as though you're right and inquiring as if you're if you're wrong we're gonna we are we are running out of time so yeah. I wanted to sort of finish up by um, just asking you I mean what sort of what sort of uh, what's your typical client profile yeah. what, what are they professional firms are they corporations okay, yeah, yeah. Who, who, so I, I work G was across across all all sectors uh, you know financial services the construction industry is, uh, is the the uh, industry that I, I I work most in um, I, I don't have an engineering background but that's that's very interesting it's professional services um, IT, um, uh, retail, um, it, that's a fascinating sector at the moment. Um, and large, in the, small in between? Yeah, yeah, large, small. So in the, in the construction sector, I go from multi-billion to 30 million in the entire vertical. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, Fantastic. Yeah. Half okay. of my time would be spent, you know, with executive teams and, and executive coaching. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, most of our most of our viewers and listeners are professionals, accountants, uh, lawyers, or business advisors of one form or another. And if they want to get in touch with you, you've got a website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. www.bernarddesmit.com. 
Fantastic. Um, and of course, it'll be uh, there'll be a link to that in our um, in uh, in the socials where uh, yeah. where you saw where you saw this program. All right. Well, look, we uh, I think we'll I think we'll just about wrap it up. I'll give you one one last one last sort of parting parting thought or comment. Yeah. Maybe I, I just I want to share what um, I came across. Joel Peterson, the um, the chairman of Bluejet uh, Airlines, and you know a preeminent leader, revered by by many. And he was he was asked, you know, what 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 does he put his leadership down to? And he said, you know, his greatest lesson and the um, the the habit he has cultivated is to always lead by and what he referred to as to wait w-a-i-t and always be asking himself why am i talking and we talk for two reasons to be understood or to understand and in times of uncertainty i i just invite do more waiting always be asking yourself why am I talking? What's important I understand and what's important other for others to understand. All right. Well, that's a, that's a, a great note to finish up on. I'm really glad that uh, that we asked you to come on and I'm really, really uh, grateful that uh, that you made the time for us. Very much appreciated. It's been a fascinating discussion. Um, we've got about another 100 talking points we could get to, but but we are out of time. So we will get you back again someday, Bernard. Um, if that, if that, and uh, thank you so much on behalf of our, our audience. Really appreciate yeah. it. And Nick, may 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 I express appreciation for the great work you're doing. I understand this is episode 65, and it you have safe. not missed a beat. So. Thank you for bringing, you know, some wonderful insights and uh, and learning to us all. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. Okay, I'm very right. grateful. All right, Bernard, thank you very much. And thank you very much to our viewers and listeners and podcast uh, downloaders. Um, we'll talk to you again, uh, do it all again next week. Cheers.